You're listening to Jai Long, and this is Make Your Break. I am always excited about growing personally and professionally. I know you are on the same journey because you're listening to a podcast right now about creative business and you're open to growth. Because of that, I have wanted to have a business coach onto the show for a while now and today is finally the day. I want to welcome Kayleen Langford from Startup Creative here in Melbourne. Kay runs a business coaching agency that includes a printed magazine, a podcast called Startup Creatives, and many other resources to get creative entrepreneurs living their best lives. In this show today, we talk about business coaching, how to find one that's a good fit for you, what the difference is between a mentor and a coach, and how much a coach can really level up your business. Then I actually get a 15-minute coaching session myself right here on the podcast, and I love sharing my fears and my thoughts and getting an outsider's perspective on what I'm doing and the direction I'm taking. Kay gives me the first steps for me to start training my mindset and unlocking my personal mental blocks, and I'm very, very nervous, and I'm very excited to share this episode with you. Before we get started, I have a listener's review I want to read out today. I have really appreciated the reviews and I check my Apple podcast app every day. I won't lie. It's a bit nerdy, but it's what I do. And this review from Haley Wanda. I met Haley a few years ago and she attended one of my workshops and I'm excited she left me a review and I get to read it out for you today. I love this podcast. I'm always searching for new podcasts that pushes me in the, and my business. I have been to Jai's workshops and I've followed Jai's works for years. He's able to make sense of running a business for people like me that need the extra explanation and encouragement. And I can't wait to hear more from Jai and his team. Thank you, Haley. I really appreciate the review. If you have time, leave a review on Apple Podcasts and your review might pop up in the next episode. Okay, one more thing. Before we get started, I am so extremely grateful for the guys at Pepperstorm Media for sponsoring this episode and helping me bring you high-quality content and education for free and helping your business. Pepperstorm are the copywriters I use for all my blog posts, for my websites, for my show notes, and they have helped me with producing amazing content for my brands for years. If you struggle with writing copy on your website or on your blog posts or anywhere else, I highly recommend getting in touch with David, Mel, and their team. You can jump over and check them out at jialong.co forward slash pepperstorm. Okay, before we get started, last thing, this episode has some coarse language, so if you're in the car driving with the kiddies, maybe schedule it for another time. But other than that, that's everything. Let's dive into the interview. Hey, so we have Kay here. I'm really excited. I have wanted to talk to a business coach for a long time on the podcast and and bring you guys just like an insight into business coaching and to, into mentoring and the differences and what it can do for your business as well. Because sometimes as creative entrepreneurs, we feel like we can be alone and it can be hard. And in, especially if you, I was actually looking at Kay's Insta story today about um, fear and things like that. And especially if you're on your own, sometimes you can feel like you're alone and it can be even more scary. So it's good sometimes to reach out to someone that knows what they're doing and, and they can be in your corner and they can be your coach. And that's why we've got Kay on the show today. Hi, Kay. Hi, Jay. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to ask you a few questions and then also to have like a little, uh, I was going to do like explanation marks, but you can't see my hands, yeah. but <laughs> have, have a little um, coaching session with you today just to see, you know, like how I can grow and also how people can see like myself and how I would go about the questions I would ask and things like that. Yeah, cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself before we get started? I'd love to know, like, you know, before you dove into what you do now, like what you used to do and then how you made your break and transition into what you're doing right now. Yeah, awesome. Um, so I actually was a youth worker for a long time and my job evolved into um, working with kids at risk or kids on the fringes and, you know, through those different um, career paths, ended up working, like developing a lot of programs. So probably one of the one I'm most proud of is um, working with kids who had been kicked out of every other school. They were allowed to go to this one school 
and it was an alternative learning school and I was the youth worker and they gave us these like six or seven like grade nine boys, technically grade nine. Um, they didn't have to wear uniforms. A lot of them had drug and alcohol addictions, you know, were sleeping on the streets in and out of juvie. And, um, yeah, they, they decided to bring themselves to the school and couldn't read or write. And, um, yeah, the principal said, right, they're technically meant to be at year nine level, like teach them basic maths and English. And me and another mm-hmm. youth worker were like, what? We're youth workers. <laughs> um, and so a lot of our job was to engage them first and foremost and actually inspire them to want to learn and, and be able to spell their name or, you know, add up their change or, you know, budget and things like that, just basic life skills really. And um, so we had to create programs that were engaging for these hyperactive boys um, who had never really been respected in their school schooling environment, had always been the too hard basket and just shoved to the streets and then as a result, just made their own way through drug dealing and getting in gangs and stuff like that. So um, we came out with this program to uh, – they all loved football. They were mad football fans. So we had an, an empty over. We'd given this rundown old school to run it all out of. And so we took them all down the oval and we said, look, um, why don't we build a football field? So it was something they could be proud of um, and, you know, through measuring the sides of the field and – and what, how tall the posts need to be. And then we took them down to Bunnings and they asked for sponsorship. Um, they did a big raffle um, and then they put on a little gala day. So, yeah, stuff like that was like my my job <laughs> was to figure out programs to engage people. And I guess what I learned over that time was the skill set of taking something that um, could be considered dry or boring and um, deliver it in a way that was creative and that people actually wanted to learn the information. Um, and then through the progression yeah. of that career, yeah, it was pretty, it was hard work, but it was uh, my passion. Like I was very, mm-hmm. yeah, very rewarding and very like I just saw very clearly, even when I was working in mainstream high schools, there's so many, and I was probably relating to it, is especially, you know, most creatives listening could probably relate, is we're not totally. built to sit at, a, sit at a desk and wear a uniform and fill in the blanks and memorize, you know, the answers. We're like, our brains are wild and we're thinking of all of these different options and solutions and what if we did this and, you know, we're, we're wired differently. And the schooling system yeah, wow. just doesn't support that. Yeah, that kind of learning. Um, so yeah, I went to advise government. I went into a role where I was advising government to reform the youth sector across Queensland where I grew up and, um, yeah, was spent about a year in that role program developing again and, um, pretty quickly started to get burnt out and run down by just the red tape that exists when you're working in that government sector and non-for-profit sector and realizing, yeah, it was pretty, um, wasn't really getting anywhere and like I went in really starry eyed and was like I'm gonna make real change here <laughs> on a yeah, statewide yeah. level <laughs> and that didn't happen it was just a lot of bureaucracy 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 and um it was yeah it was really frustrating and just kind of got into that Monday nine to five I was commuting from the Gold Coast to Brisbane which on a bad day could be six hours and then just my mental health and my physical health pretty quickly started to decline. I was in a real victim mentality, like life sucks and, you know, I was really angry all the time and, um, yeah, I didn't have much time for myself or my general well-being. And it wasn't until a new manager came in and she was really creative as well, I guess, and innovative and she said, like, what are you doing? I think I was 23, 24. And she was like, what are you like? You don't belong here. <laughs> You've got so much more to give. And, you know, and I um, started thinking like, yeah, like I'm, I'm not really happy. And at the same time I was having health problems and my doctor pointed out that I was pretty stressed. And, um, and then at about the same time, I guess the relation, my ex and I were going through, like as a result, our relationship was breaking down and, um, we started going to some personal development, like Tony Robbins style stuff um, that she had done before. And she's like, let's try and get out of this funk. So we went along to this weekend and just started opening up our mindset to, right, we're being victims here to our conditioning. And 
what if we stepped into like a creator mentality and went, well, you know, you're the only one responsible for the life that you are living. No one else is, it's no one else to blame. And if you don't like what you've got, go get something else. Mm. (laughs) Um, So I read this quote out of a book on one of my morning commutes that said, whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. Uh, from Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. And um, it was in that moment I just something seriously clicked, you know, in your darkest moments where that one line hits you and I was like, fuck, like I have to do something different here. Like this is um, this is my responsibility. Like I'm, no one's coming to hand me my dra- dream life. So um, in that moment and then the book goes on to be like, well, look, everyone has something to sell. And I just started brainstorming on the back of a receipt. What do I have to sell? And I, I knew that I was really good at this program development and some of the, the ones I'd done in the past had won awards. And I thought, well, the program development, and I was reading a lot about entrepreneurship as well and lots of books. I was like, that's a business model. I took an idea, I branded it, I recruited for it, I funded it, and I scaled it. And then I, you know, I handed it on. And um, and, it, and then it got scaled across Queensland and still running now. Um, so I was like, right, I can teach people how I took an idea and made it a reality. So I wrote a course mm-hmm. on how to turn your passion into a business. And then I just, I literally built it, wrote a two-page Word document. And because I knew the funding system, I went and started knocking on doors of people who I knew had funding to um, develop young people. And uh, they started they started paying me to facilitate the six week course, and then eventually, um, a few other people had me come in and write unique ones, so university and a few different um, like co working spaces and stuff. And then eventually, I, I built it into what it is today, which is startup creative. And it's uh, I do one on one business coaching. I still do program development and courses. I do online courses, ebook, podcast, uh, print magazine. Um, and then just resources, and you know, exactly what I was doing with those grade nine kids, I guess, is taking what could be boring and drag to learn business <laughs> and putting it in a creative, relatable way for you know people who like us who are going, I want to run a business and I've got a skill set. I just don't want to read boring business content from, you know, the, the government website. So I saw, saw that gap and started um yeah taking it to the people that's incredible (laughs) i knew it would be so interesting to hear like your backstory of how you got to where you are and um yeah that's kind of blown me away a little bit it's so good (laughs) thank you um it's like similar um like thinking to way the way i think as well it's like why does something have to be the way that it is or has to be boring and why can't it work for everybody and why can't we make it creative Mm. and so that's like a lot what i'm working through so I want to tell you just a little bit about my background um, just because we're going to do like a bit of a coaching session and just so you kind of yep. know and I think you're going to relate to me really well because I was probably one <laughs> of those kids that you taught at that place. So um, like the first time I went to school was in year four. I was the kid that couldn't wow. read or write until after high school but I did homeschooling, I did Steiner school and then I think all up I did like four years or three years of schooling and mm. um when I finished, like I did my apprenticeship and stuff, but I couldn't really read or write very well. I could definitely not do maths and things like that. But um, I was always able to hide it like so well. I was always able to get my way out of things or creatively solve problems. Like how could I not have to do this and how can I not do mm. this? And, and and then like also like how like can I fake it till I make it but then also like not get caught, if that makes sense? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and then one of the ways that I did that, Actually, it was when I was 20, like I sold everything because I finished school when I was 16 and yep. did my apprenticeship. And by the time I was 20, I started my first business, which was a cafe, and I sold everything mm. to fund the cafe. But one of the things was like how – like I am not educated enough to go and get jobs all over the place. And then so mm. how could I create my own life? Like I didn't want that to be my excuse. I didn't want to be like yeah. I'm not educated, so then that's my thing and this is where I have to be. It was always mm. no – I've come from nothing, so I'm not scared. I'm going to do what it, I've only got. I've got everything to gain, nothing to lose. Yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, and I think it's like important to tell you that because, um, like, going like talking about coaching and stuff. I know a lot of people struggle with fear, and I don't know if I'm the only person that you're ever going to hear say this, but I'm completely like have no fear when it comes to business. It's mm. it's kind of weird. Like I don't. There's 
like for instance like if i'm going to fail like a part of me kind of gets excited like i was bankrupt by the time i was 21 it wasn't a problem and then you know i've made money again i've lost money again i've made money um mm. because i always feel deep down like my core is i still have nothing and then i've got so much to gain um mm. which means like i can always grow but it also means yeah, maybe I can like make mistakes easier and I can do other things. And I know there's other things holding me back. It's just not the fear factor. Yeah. And I think that's the, I think people think fear is this thing that they can't get rid of. And that what I shared in my yeah. Insta story this morning was what if you just observe the fear as if you observe yeah. happiness, you know, like it's just a moment in time. It's this, this thing that comes through, you experience it. And I think the difference between fear is it makes us mm-hmm. feel really uncomfortable. It does activate for a lot of people real experiences in their body, like their heart rate goes up, their palms get sweaty, um, they get really tunnel visioned, they, their minds spiral into self-doubt and self um almost like negative self-talk like it feels so real like it's like this is real but if you can start to lean back a little bit and I think this is probably your natural state and I'm a bit like that is the more you can lean back from it and not take it so seriously and going and start to observe it then there is no like it's just a state of in this moment in time and you can master it and I think fear exists um, for our safety, like it actually can um, remind us when we maybe are in an unsafe environment. If you're, you know, in like a, my experiences were um, being with kids who were out of their minds on drugs and punching holes through totally. glass windows trying to get at you, like that fear is real and that exists because there's a real fear in front of you that your body needs to respond to. So it's actually activating you to move. But what we've forgotten is that's the fight or flight response that is there to, you know, help us evolve as a human race and not die off. Um, but what we don't have many of those problems on a day-to-day basis, but we've, our mind mm. has somehow taught us or told, is telling us that it's so real. And it's like what I constantly remind myself of is, okay, fear to and the activation of fight or flight is was to save me from being hunted by a tiger is there a tiger in front of me right now no okay there's a way through this there's an option and um what's the worst that could happen totally Mm. yeah and i totally relate to all that i'm actually a big believer of doing the same like if i'm obviously like if i'm happy or if i'm sad or if i fail or if i succeed all those things like when i succeed i I don't jump up and down and go like, yes, like I did it. Mm. And when I fail, I don't do the same. It's all, I kind of just look, I step back and I look at it from an outside perspective from myself Mm. and just look at it and go like, ah, okay, you did good here or that didn't work and we need to do better. And it's just a different way of looking at it, I guess, but I think it's all really important. Well, it's very, it's that whole, um, I guess it's a Buddhist technique actually. They teach it a lot is detachment and we attach ourselves so badly to the highs of life um, that when they're taken away from us, then we attach to the lows as well. But we want to escape the lows and be in the highs all the time. And the reality Mm -hmm. is nature shows us that everything ebbs and flows. The waves come in and crash and then they draw back out. You know, there's birth and redeath. There's the, the, you know, Melbourne's a beautiful example. My partner and I were observing how abundant our trees are out front of our house at the moment and it wasn't that long ago where you couldn't even see a leaf you know so it's a constant reminder that if you can not get too attached to the conditions of what's outside of you and stay centered and you know connect more to a purpose and why you're on this planet and what you're meant to be experiencing you know um expressing then you don't get so caught up in the um, you know, ups and downs and it doesn't drain you as much. Do you think it comes a lot to do with like training yourself with like emotional intelligence as well of like understanding and recognizing the emotion that comes up and then understanding like why it's important or why it should be there and then, and then like allowing it to, to move through until it passes or? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a really big fan of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and he's a neuroscientist and studies a lot of meditation and the science behind it and neuroplasticity and rewiring your brain and all of those things. And something that he's constantly saying, you know, observing and it's like creating space. Like if you can lean back enough to create space um, Mm -hmm. and to observe it and a scientific, like on a physical level, an emotion only lasts in your body like maximum two minutes. But what happens wow. is when that emotion comes up and within, you know, two seconds, sometimes before we're even consciously aware of the emotion, we jump straight into reacting and then we tell a story and we go, oh, okay, my heart is beating faster. Okay, why is it beating faster? Oh, it's because this person said that and then that happened and we start create, which is all just, um, memories from our brain and our brain actually trying to make sense of it, if, whether it's real or not. It's like imagine your brain is going through a filing cabinet being like, okay, when was the last time our heart beated this fast? And, you know, what what happened then? Okay, all right, let's do that here. And then it feeds your, your conscious mind and says, here, this is what's happening, um, regardless of whether it's the truth or not. So it's all mm-hmm. unconscious patterns. And the moment that you actually decide, well, for me, my motivation was, and it still is, and I just came from my therapist, was like, okay, this is what it's playing out in my life. Do I like it or don't I like it? What if, it, if I don't like it, cool. What do I want to play out in my life? So it is going in and understanding why am I like this? What's happening in that moment? What are the triggers? Um, and how can I start to be aware of that and then rewire my brain to more of what I actually want? Did you know, optimizing the copy on your website can help allow your traffic to fall in love with your brand, get you a much higher conversion rate, and get you more traffic from search engines? I've been using Pepperstorm Media for years, so I know what good copy can do. If this is one piece of the puzzle your business is lacking, I am giving you $100 off a Pepperstorm copywriting package, so you too can have killer copy that converts on your website. Just use the code MAKEYOURBREAK. For all the information, head over to jialong.co forward slash pepperstorm. That's jialong.co forward slash pepperstorm. Hey, so for people out there that don't really know, like, you know, they're feeling a little bit lost and they're feeling stuck, uh, what is the difference between like a mentor and a business coach? Yeah, cool. Great question. I get this all the time as well. So a mentor, I would say, is probably a natural relationship. So someone that you naturally vibe with, probably someone that is um, emanating a part of their life that inspires you and or that you want more of. So, you know, for me over time, that has been my acupuncturist who has a really beautiful marriage and I adore the way she raises her children. She's a mentor of mine. And then I've got mm-hmm. business owners who are queuing it in the business space and I admire that. So they're mentors in that space. Um, and then maybe friends as well who are, you know, ha- have a you know beautiful way to travel or whatever. So, a mentor is someone who's living a life that you is inspired by and that you want to go and be in and around. It's a really um, natural symbiotic relationship where you give and take together, right? You're both getting something from it. And I would say that, you know, if everyone looks around them now, there's probably someone in their field of the circle of influence that they could say, oh, actually, I'm going to approach that person to be a mentor I think the word mentor, especially in the startup business space, has been really like damaged because in my experience mm-hmm. even um, people just go, oh, do you want to be my mentor? Do you want to be a mentor? And what they're saying is, will you have coffee with me once a month and give me everything and let me dump all yeah. my problems on you and I'm not going to pay you or I can't even afford to buy you a coffee or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's that very people approach it as a very you have to give to me and be my mentor. Um, I've mm-hmm. certainly had people come along and, you know, for whatever reason it still baffles me as to why they've given me the time of day or, a, a, you know, a hand up or an opportunity. Um, but, you know, it's been because we've had a great friendship or whatever. I'm not sure. They, they've been seen potential in me. So it's naturally yeah. unfolded. I've never asked someone to be my mentor. 
Um, what I would say the difference is with a business coach is you're paying for their time, you're paying for their expertise, you're paying for the shortcuts, you're paying for their networks. Like in my how I like um, price myself and and hold the energy of what I think I'm worth in this as a business coach is every mm-hmm. book that I read, every podcast I listen to, every personal development course I go to, every therapy session, every, you know, understanding or course that I write, every piece of information, you can buy that from me. You know, like you can go, it's like for me, if I could buy an hour of Richard Branson's time or Oprah Winfrey or, you know, I would sit there, I would pay whatever it took, you know, and just go, yeah. what have you got for me? Um, so business coach is a transaction, right? And they're yeah. what how I do my coaching is like you come in that door, you can be anywhere on the field of like I have clients who come in and go, I don't have an idea, but I know I want to work for myself. And I've got clients who are like, I've had this idea for two years and I'm sick of not doing anything about it. Or I've started a business and now I'm feeling stuck. Or I've started and I'm killing it and I want to take it to the next level. Or, yeah, so that would be like the range. So my coaching has been very much because I came from people who exactly where I was, which was I want to do this thing, where do I start? And no one took me seriously. Everyone was like, go write me a business plan. And I was like, I don't want to write a business plan. I don't know how to write a business plan. And the lingo overwhelms me. Can you just Mm. teach me what you did and take a look at my ideas and tell me what you would do? And that's what how I approach my coaching. So people come in, they do an intake form. I get an idea of what their idea is, where they want to go, um, mm-hmm. you know, and their dream. And then I craft a bit of a plan for them. And then we work it out in the session and cover anything from, you know, fear and self-doubt to do you have a contact for this or um, I need to write this ebook. Can you help me with the title? Or I'm, I've, I've written a book and I want to get it published. What do I do now? So um, everything and anything or help me, you know, I help people write emails or pitch documents, um, get investment. Yeah, all sorts. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, yeah. How would someone go about like, you know, finding the right person, like the right fit for them if they were like, okay, maybe I'm just starting out as a small business and it's not like a million dollar idea. Or if someone's like, yeah. you know what, I've got like an eight figure business like idea right here. Um yeah, how would someone go about like reaching out and finding the right person for them? I would always start with someone you vibe with and someone that inspires you. Like I don't even get my eyebrows done by anyone who has bad eyebrows. Like <laughs> that's my rule of thumb. <laughs> yeah. If if they're not living a life that you want, like <laughs> it's real, right? Let's see, that's, take yeah, that it is, it is. It's so real. Uh, your hairdresser, your naturopath, your business coach, <laughs> your personal trainer. Like you wouldn't go to a personal <laughs> trainer with someone who looks unfit, right? Yeah. Um, so find someone that inspires you and is living a life that is something that you want for yourself. It doesn't have to be all aspects. It could just be a certain part of what they're doing in business or whatever. I always think, you know, have a look at what they're doing. Like they're, I drove past a um, – it was this little corner um, building in, in Fitzroy the other day and it said on the side, integrative health, um, natural therapies, blah, 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 and it had graffiti all over the side. The paint job was bad. And I was like that from my first impression of that business, that is not a holistic health centre. Mm. You are not telling me that's whole. Why would I walk into that building? Like that is not a reflection of, of what you're trying to sell me. So making sure that person's a reflection of what you want and what they're selling you. Um, but then, totally. yeah, do do your research. Don't be afraid to jump on a phone call. I mean, you've listened to my podcast. I've got clients who come in and go, I've been listening to you, you know, watching you and following you since day one or for two years and I'm finally ready. So the statistic right now is that 70% of your client's time will be spent behind the scenes so they'll be listening to your podcast following you on instagram reading your blogs reading your emails you know doing their background research weighing up the odds deciding whether they like you you know um and then when the timing is right you'll you know they'll take the they'll make the move and the 30 percent of the transaction will actually be face you know engagement where they send an email inquiry or whatever so um 
yeah go and do your research um but yeah and then you know if you need to call someone and say hey can I jump on a quick call and see if we're a vibe like I always do that with anyone who requests that I'll be like yep let's do it sometimes people request brands that I've worked with I tend not to do that just because I I don't feel like I need to leverage other people's brands I will give examples Mm -hmm. of some of the work that I've done without saying who I've worked with or I'll just jump on a phone call and get to know them and see if we like each other, you know. Perfect. Yeah. I, the last question I want to ask you before we, like, jump in, do you believe, like yourself, um, I, like I already know what your answer would be, but do you believe um, <laughs> Do you believe that it makes a difference and it can really help somebody from, like, having a business that's getting kind of no traction and they're really just trying to find the answers to, like, holy shit, I wish I did this years ago? As a business coach making a difference to that? Yeah, so it's like it's your business and you're kind of just stuck because you're, you know, you're working and you, a lot of the times you can't see it from an outsider perspective and you can't see the problems and you can't see how to get past something. Like, do you believe a business yeah. coach can come in and, and actually just be like, oh, this was what's in your way. Like, let's, get, let's uproot this and then there you go. Like, the river yeah. can flow again. Absolutely, because what ha- I think what happens, especially as creative entrepreneurs, we're building businesses that are a reflection of us or an extension of us and we love them. We're passionate about it. You know, we're like, oh, my God, I'm, I've built my dream job. Like, I love this. I love what I do and I would do it for free. And as a mm-hmm. result of that, we don't see clearly. We're very emotionally tied. Um, we don't always charge ourselves the, the way that um, price ourselves the way we should be. So we're underselling ourselves. and um, and it's also easy to go, oh, I used to be in this nine to five. I've replaced my income and now I work for myself and have the freedom to travel the world. But what's next? And it's like, again, nature shows us that if you're not growing and evolving, you become stale and stagnant and die. So it can be easy to stay stuck in a comfortable zone and not challenge yourself to the next level. Um, so yeah. you almost end up at day one. So like for me, whenever I notice in my body that feeling of like, oh, here we go or whatever, like any sort of discomfort in my body, it's like, all right, what else have you, What else, what's next? Where are you going? You know, how can you grow? And I think I, I have had a business coach from day one. I wouldn't be where I am if I didn't have awesome. my paid coaches. It was one of the first, it was the first thing I invested in before I had a website or any success. I had a coach, um, and they helped me to nut out my business model and my business plan and actually figure out what I was going to sell and what niche I was going to go into. Um, and then I've worked with people who have had multi-million dollar businesses and gone, right, we've, we're nailing it over here, but I feel like there's an opportunity here. What should we do? And so we sit down and flesh out an opportunity that made them $80,000 in two weeks. So yeah. it's, um, it, it's just about getting perspective but what I love mm. most about business coaching, which is I didn't get, which I'm very like generous with now with my clients, is like tell me what you need and I'll either give you someone from my contacts or find someone for you or do a shout out on Instagram. It's like let me give you cheat sheets. Let me like the amount of time I've spent looking online for how to write an invoice or what accountant to use or who do I need to talk to about terms and conditions for my website Like a business coach can sit you down and in an hour, like I can give my clients three to six months worth of work that can help them just cut corners left, right and center. Because at the end of the day, when you're first starting out, you know, you're the entrepreneur, you're the visionary, you're the person building the business. So if um, you get caught up in the shitty day-to-day too much, then you're going to get burnt out really quick and the, the business won't grow. So you need mm-hmm. to make sure that your time is spent delivering the product or service and that you're outsourcing or, you know, whatever, getting shortcuts on all the other stuff so that you don't have to waste time there and you can actually develop what needs to be sold. Awesome. Yeah. 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 So I think that's pretty business coaches, <laughs> like, you're buying an hour of shortcuts, really. <laughs> uh, like for myself, it's like I know all, like, I see like education and things like this. It's like number one for me to invest in as well, because, you know, for myself, I don't have 
you know, a fifty or a hundred thousand dollar education. I don't have any education. Mm-hmm. So it's like how cheap is it for me to like go to a business coach and and find out from someone that specializes in this and um get feedback and, and then grow yeah. the things that I want to do. And then people don't realize too how much of an investment it is because you're investing yeah. the money from your business into something that's going to grow to be some like bring you back a return that's so much bigger yeah. than what the initial investment so cost was. Quicker. Yeah. And so and much quicker. That's... Like yeah. Yeah. It's a good point about education. I think that's the world we live in now is that people are looking for to be educated by someone who's living it. So they're no yeah. longer, it's like, show me your business and then teach me how you did it. Great. I'm inspired Definitely. by what you've created. Now I want to learn it. And back in the day, the only that way to get business co- like advice was to go and do an MBA, which is a lecturer who's in a nine to five working for an institution has probably never started a business, you know? So Exactly. I would way rather learn from an entrepreneur who's um, been in the game for five years, has a long list of contacts and, you know, things of that are going to make my life easier. And in my experience, I've, I've worked with hundreds, but must be close to thousands of people in the last five years of coaching between workshops, mm-hmm. events and um, one-on-one sessions. And I've so I've seen a lot of businesses and I've tested a lot of, Theories. So, you know, one person I saw what worked and then we can go, cool, this worked over here, let's do that. Or this works in my business, why don't you take my template and use that, you know. So um, you're also tapping into a community of people who have been there and done that. And I've, I feel like the startup creative community is like open book. What do you need? We've got you. We're all in this together and there's a lot to go around. Absolutely. That's so good. Okay, let's um mm-hmm. let's dive in. I s- yeah. said to you over email that I wanted to ask you a couple of questions and and then see what kind of uh, what advice you got for me to get me out yeah. of how I'm stuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So how should I start? Should I just tell you what my yeah. fear is? And so what- hit me up. Yeah. Tell me. I guess like what I would say is where are you at now and where do you want to go yeah. and what's stopping you? Where you're at? So you've created your photography business. You've got a DJ business and a um, photo booth business and yeah. I guess from our previous emails because I, I said to Jai, send me over some of the things that you're feeling stuck with. You want to jump into yeah. what you shared? Yeah, so I think um, like I've, I've got a bunch of businesses. I know one of my biggest problems is I spread my time too thin and I do too many projects and I want to do it all because I'm creative at the si- same time as like a business owner. So I just want to keep creating like that's my passion. But I do need to rein yeah. it in. But Talking about fear um, and things that hold me back is like I want to grow my business right now into like a seven-figure business and I personally don't really know anyone that's done that before because of my background and where I grew up and stuff. And I heard someone say on a podcast the other day that most people compare themselves to everyone else in their hometown. And so like if you do a little bit better, so if everyone in the hometown is like they make 50 grand a year but then you double it and you're making 100 grand, like you can feel – like, yes, I've done it. I've done a thing. But, like, for myself, like, I've never compared to my, myself in that kind of small sense. But at the same time, like, I've only ever grown up around the people that never had, a you know, a dollar in their wallet and, um, you know, always had to go and, like, for my family, like, in particular, like, we, for Christmas, we'll be down at Vinnie's getting handouts and we'll be getting food vouchers and petrol vouchers just so mm. we can survive. And we lived in Housing Commission and we... Uh, our friends and family were all like that. My dad would deal drugs so we had some extra money for the holidays and, like, things like that. Mm. So my thing that gets me stuck is, like, I still feel like sometimes that's, like, in a way, like if I'm telling the truth here, that that's yeah. what, not so much that I deserve, but that's where, that is deep down, like, who I am or where I'm from. And then yeah, no. when I ro- romanticise, well, yeah, when I romanticise and I see people like, you know, like young entrepreneurs just making millions and their dad made millions and their uncle makes millions and I'm like, is it myself not being able to, like because I don't have any role models or anyone that I see that do it, does that mean I limit myself to what I know and so I can't push past, I can't imagine something that I haven't seen basically? Yeah, so, yeah, no, I think that's, that's my biggest that's fear. 
yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing so honestly about it. It's, it's um, yeah. I mean, I my dad, my childhood wasn't as as um severe as yours, but it, I definitely had tinges of that. Like you know, my my whole family. My mom works in a school. My dad works in a real estate agent. My sister's a nurse. My brother's an electrician. My little sister's a stay at home mom. So you know, no mm-hmm. one has aspirations for starting a business. No one has aspirations for really earning. Um, you know, over 100K, you know, all of that. So, and they're happy. It's like, well, we've got enough to get by. So, you know, that's all you need. And I'm not, I'm similar to you. Where I'm like, how can I be a multimillionaire and never have to worry about anything and own my own private jet? You know, like, so that's, yeah. that's how I'm wired. But um, in my experience, and again, if I go back to Dr. Joe Dispenza stuff, it's not my, this is just what I've learned on my journey is that your neuro pathways in your brain have been fired and wired to have that as your limitation. So that's all Mm -hmm. you'll ever know. So what your job will be, and I do this every day in my meditation, is to go and fire and wire what is truly possible for you. So going beyond that. So um, it's exactly what you said it is, is that you've never had a physical experience in your body. So the example is, that Joe uses all of the time is the four-minute mile used to be considered impossible and everyone always tried to break the four-minute mile, the running race. And the moment yeah. one person broke that, then a week later, like 15 other people broke the four-minute mile and now it's like ridiculously faster than that. Um, but wow. it's that it becomes, oh, this is possible. So it's like you've made your own business and you're like, holy shit, it's possible. Or I moved out of that town and I'm not in housing commission. Shit, like this is possible. And so mm-hmm. it's about continuing to expand what is possible. And what I do is I go into a meditative state. So when you go into your unconscious mind through meditation, you're actually in the quantum field of infinite possibilities. So in that field, you can imagine And what happens as humans, which sets us apart from every other mammal, is that when we imagine, we can conjure up feelings in our body. So right now you can imagine, you can really, if you work really hard and imagine what it would feel like in your body to have a million dollars sitting in your bank account. You know, what would that feel like? You know, and then you can start to be like, oh, holy shit. It's like, what would I do with it? What's the first thing I'd spend it on? And you can get really excited and giddy and like, I feel so safe. I feel in awe. Um, you know, if, if you're not comfortable with that as a vibrational match, then you'll feel unworthy and like it's mm-hmm. impossible. Um, your job is to get to a state where you're like, holy shit, yes, I want that and conjure up the feelings. And what Joe talks about is that when you feel it in your body, then your brain starts to make neuro, new neuro pathways. And when those neuro pathways fire and wire in your brain, they, because they've been triggered by that feeling, the brain will, will, will make a new neuro pathway. And it does not know whether the, you really have a hundred a million dollars in your bank account or you don't have a million dollars. It because you felt it and you truly deeply experience it. But the trick is, and this is what I battled with for years, is I thought that I was feeling it, but I didn't. It's like go and walk, go and drive, test drive a, a Range Rover, top of the range, you know, brand new car. And when you get in that car, you're like, holy shit, I'm gonna break something. I don't deserve this. I should spill. I'm probably gonna spill something. You know, like I shouldn't be. People yeah. are looking at me funny that's an indication that you haven't made the vibrational match yet. You don't really feel like you're worthy of owning a Range Rover. Um, So through meditation, you can get, you can dream bigger because you Mm -hmm. can just imagine and you can start to actually give your brain neuro pathways that believe that you're worthy of it. And then I won't go too far into it, but Dr. Joe Dispenza's breaking the habit of being yourself. And then I've done a lot of his work, which is, um, and I, I'm just obsessed with it. But what happens is that once you feel it and your brain wires that way, it actually then sends out a vibrational energy and you can start to match with that experience. And what you'll find is that you start to attract those opportunities or those experiences. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it makes total sense. Absolutely. So, like, would you recommend, like, when you say, like, meditation, do you mean just, like, take, yeah. you know, time for yourself and then like on a daily basis and, and then really sort of, yeah, like tell yeah. me what that looks like. 
yeah, well, I personally use Joe's guided meditations off his website. I did, I did his week long retreat, which was wild. And I've done his online course and read every book and, you know, um, so I'm really obsessed, <laughs> um, yeah, but I do awesome. daily meditations every day. Um, so well, mostly every day. So I try to start my day and go straight to my meditation mat because what he teaches is that you're actually in a, um, you're in a more, I think it's um, susceptible state because you're not truly aware yet. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're a bit more lucid in the morning. So your brain's more susceptible to giving it a new message rather than just picking up yesterday's message. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if you try out Joe's stuff, read the book, it makes a lot more sense if you read the book first or listen to it on audiobook and then try his meditations. Um, but if you, if you, if that's not your vibe, like what I always recommend to my clients is write a day in the life of you five years from now and you do it five years from now because it's far enough away that we dream and imagine that anything is possible. And, you know, if we go two weeks from now, you're like, ah, oh, your, your analytical mind kicks in and goes, that's impossible. Totally. So five years yeah. from now, we're like, yeah. Oh, yeah, wow, imagine if that happened. And write a day in the life in present tense and with emotion and feeling. So where are you waking up? What does it smell like? What does it feel like? And put yourself into that scenario. And yeah. if nothing else, wake up every morning and walk yourself through that day and feel the emotions conjure up of how it feels because the reality is, and I've personally had this experience because mm-hmm. I manage, I meditate a lot on abundance and wealth and um, opportunities with my business. And I've, I've had experiences where I'm like, great, I just manifested $30,000 in a week into my bank account through my business. Um, but there still feels like there's something missing because mm-hmm. what you realize pretty quickly is that the money and the wealth and stuff is a representation of what you actually want to feel, which might be safe and loved and secure and you don't have to worry ever again. So, um, yeah. you know, when you're writing that day in the life, it might be that you write out, you know, I, you know, I'm lying next to the love of my life and, you know, we've got two healthy children and we live in this beautiful home because it's putting out the vibrational match of wealth, but it's not just focusing on a dollar account, bank account. Of course, it's yeah. Going, yeah, it's like what is that wealth going to buy for you? Yeah, I guess it's interesting. Like for myself, I never think like I want to make a million dollars because I want to spend a million dollars. Like I think yeah. if I have like the more money that comes in for my business, it means the more people I can reach and the more people I can employ, which means the more people's lives I can change, give more opportunities. Mm. Like it kind of like yeah. I have such a long string of reasons. Like I think for myself, it's like selfish for me to not try my best because I am a middle-aged white man with privilege of like the highest standard mm. in like a country that's just like, you know, like so many things. And I feel like if I'm not taking advantage of all those things and helping the people that needed help, like when I was growing up, then like, what am I doing yeah. with this privilege? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so when I say yeah, like a million dollars, like, yeah, I'm not talking like, I never think of the outcome of like, oh, like imagine safety because I don't really care about that or imagine that, you know, like a car. But I do imagine yeah. like, the, imagine the people I could reach. Imagine. Yeah, like I guess like it's a whole mm. other world. And also it's a fairy tale land for me. Imagine the life that I could live that doesn't exist to me now and it's, you know, stuff yeah. of movies. Like, yeah. Yeah, which it does exist for you. It is it is a possibility and I think it's Eckhart Tolle or Deepak Chopra, one of them, says um, if you can dream it, it's because it's in your path right if you're dreaming something and you're desiring something then it's because it's a possibility for you and so many people don't ever reach that possibility because of the limiting belief so if it's like hey i want a seven-figure business and i go great what car would you buy with that you go oh and you get a bit funny Mm -hmm. about that and you're like well a Mm seven-figure business that keeps bringing in seven figures year after year and is growing to eight figures you can buy a beautiful car or you know a holiday or whatever you know whatever it might be yeah and if there's a limitation there that keeps you, that goes, oh, I can't, like that, you know, you, the first time way you notice it is in your body, then that's a limiting belief that you're not worthy of it. So you'll never receive it. But if you're dreaming of it and you're desiring it, and like I, my perfect example of my little sister and one of my best friends, she has no desire to run her own business. She is the happiest person 
raising her kids. And my older sister yeah. is the happiest person being a nurse to sick kids. So that's mm -hmm. their destiny. That's their purpose. You know, if you're desiring to build an empire and a business or whatever it is. And yeah, I think that's where we don't have to compare to other people. It's just knowing that this is your expression in this world and your desire to use that wealth and abundance and successful business to provide jobs and help other people. That's your why. That's the reason yeah. why you get up every single day. It's like, you know, and I had a conversation with a client the other day and she said, oh, I said, what are you doing with that prices? Like you're completely undercharging yourself for what you're worth. And she was like, because people will think I'm greedy and I want to be able to help people and create access. And I was like, yeah, but you're not selling yourself for what you're worth. You're burning out. And as a result, you can't get to mm. more people. If you're charging out your hourly rate for that, then there's no room for you to pay your bills with ease and build online courses and big weekend workshops that will actually access more people and give more people the information that you have. Totally. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of, and like the, again, the online, the Instagram story I did this morning, um, yeah. I asked people what holds them back and every, most people said fear of this, fear of that. And if you really look below all of it, it's fear of lack, not having enough money and Mm -hmm. um it's it's just money and, just not, and not doing people. good enough as well and yeah 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 so it is a really real thing and we have to get really real and honest with ourselves about you know what um money is a part of our world it is okay to make money you provide for yourself and then provide for others and provide opportunities so um yeah yeah i think it's really interesting as you like grow through like business and um like as you kind of scale up as well like you are faced with different i guess like blocks and mind blocks and fears and things like that because mm. i remember when i was a young boy i definitely like i lived that life where you know i thought i didn't deserve to be in a fancy car because that wasn't who i am and as i grow mm. grown older i'm like no i deserve that because that's yeah. you know what, what i've worked for but there's all like new things like I, 10 years ago i probably couldn't imagine myself where i am today in a sense that like I pay, you know, twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars worth of wages a month and mm. I have a couple of houses and I do all these different things. And it's like it's kind of lost on me in a sense because I don't actually reflect on myself and go, you know, you've actually done a lot in the last ten years because I'm only looking forward the next ten years, like, well, why haven't I done this? Mm. And why aren't I doing mm. that? Like you know, yeah. so there's always like different things. And I think what you're saying, like with this um just like visualizing and breaking it down and like looking more inwards, I think is really going to help me and unlock like me recognizing my own potential and my, and what's actually holding me back as well. Yeah. So and thank I think you. The, other, the only other thing I'd say to that is um, there is someone in and around you, like you live in Melbourne, so you're not in the small town anymore, who yeah. is living a life. So I would challenge you to go and be around that vibration of the person, of somebody, like whether it's reaching out to the founder of Patagonia or, um, you know, maybe there's a business here in Melbourne or, you know, finding yeah. someone and being in and around their circle. So, you know, for me, it's, sometimes it's just listening to Oprah's podcast. I'm like, I feel like I was just hanging out with Oprah, you know. Because uh, she podcasts has are so good like that. Yeah, and yeah. so there is a way, there is someone who's in that next level of where you want to go. And yeah. there is a way for you to absorb the energy and learn from them, whether it's reading their book or going to a seminar of theirs or, you know, reaching out and seeing like the beauty of podcasts, right, is that you can reach out to people who inspire you and, and put them on the podcast. So you have that as a tool. Um, so, yeah, I would say dream big, like maybe, you know, make a list of people who are in that next level from you and maybe are a little bit scary um, or you yeah. think, oh, would they really want to come on my podcast? But hit them up and start going bigger with your podcast interview guests. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, you're so inspiring. <laughs> it was so nice to talk to you. And like, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. it's just, a, a, yeah, everything that like I knew this episode would be and plus more. So I'm, I'm really happy. My pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for helping me. And I actually wanted to ask you one more question. And yeah. I want this on, this is like more of a personal question for you. Um, Go for it. You said that you've, you know, you, 
you go to like retreats and, and things like that from your mentors and peers and, and people, and you also teach people, you have a podcast and, you know, you yeah. teach people one-on-one and, and workshops and all this stuff. And how does it, how does it make you feel like helping all the people that you have? Like, how does that make you feel? Oh, I'm, I love it. I think I, it's easy to get caught up in, you know, the numbers of Instagram following or, you know, how much money you're making or how big of an interview you get or whatever. But at the end of the day, it was a few years ago now, someone said to me, like, stop chasing the next number and focus on all these people who are looking to you and inspired yeah. by you and need your help. And that would just hit me so hard. And I forgot they just dropped my whole, any sort of gain for Instagram followers or anything. And I, it was around the time that I was starting my meditation practice. So I try now to wake up every single day and go, how can I serve my audience? How can I, serve, what do they need? Where are they at? And if I remember back to where I was, I was you know, sick and tired and hopeless and overwhelmed. And I didn't see a way out. Like I was so miserable. And to where I am now, I'm like, holy shit, there's a way out. You can do it. It's going to be painful. It's going to be hard. But if you want it bad enough, that freedom exists, you know. And I think I learned pretty early on that Startup Creative exists to free people from lives that no longer serve them. Because we've been yeah. sold a lie that a nine to five is your only option. So if I, you know, I get cornered at parties all the time. The moment anyone hears anything <laughs> about business coach, like, well, I have this idea. And I'm like, um, but I've uh, got a Yeah, I, I know what that's all about. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, when you sit across from someone and in your eyes, you're like, holy shit, you just topped your master's degree that you got a scholarship for. And you're working at a coffee shop going, what the fuck am I doing with my life? And for me, I look at that and go, you are so talented. Like, do you know that you can create the life of your dreams doing what you love? We live in this world where it is so accessible. Why don't we give it a crack? Like, let me help you. And I'm often (laughs) giving away a lot of my time to friends and people I meet who are going, well, you know, can I really do it? I'm like, take me for coffee. We're doing this. So... Mm -hmm. My passion is freedom and I just think the human race has been sold this lie of this is the only way to go is the nine to five and somebody else dictating 90% of your life um, and, yeah. you know, and your, create, your creative power. And I, I just saddens me and baffles me that people accept that as a condition when they've got this one lifetime. So if people can come to me and leave knowing, oh, yeah, I can do this. I'm going to create the life of my dreams and actually do it then like, yes, one more for our team, you know. <laughs> so good. So inspiring. I love that you just said like it was a game changer when you uh, worked out that you need to like serve the one person that you have or the followers that you have opposed to like yeah. trying to get more people because I did the same like, you know, years ago I was always like, how do you get more followers and how do you get more likes and how do you mm. do the things? And now I'm like, man, how do I just like put on a really good podcast episode for the people that already Mm. dedicate their time to listen or to show up for me and the things that I do? Like how can I give back and just serve, even if just one person listens to this podcast like and they get something from it, like it makes it all worth it. Absolutely. And business is the purpose of a business is to serve a customer's need. Like that's business 101. Like don't go to MBA school. Business is an exchange of value for money. So if you and I get caught up in our own egos of our own status and who likes us Mm -hmm. or who follows us, then we lose sight. It's a fucking narcissist dream. It's like we lose sight of what the purpose of our business was. It was to serve our audience, to find the people who need what we have and to give them value so that they exchange money. And, yeah, it's, it's so not about the following and your own ego. So, um, yeah. yeah, the moment you get caught up in that, you've forgotten why you started. Hey, where can we find you online so my listeners can jump over to your podcast and, and find you on Instagram and everything like that? Yeah, cool. So it's pretty basic. It's Startup Creative on Instagram, Startup Creative on Facebook, Startup Creative on the podcast, Apple iTunes nice. and Spotify. We also in startupcreative.com.au. 
Um, or you can flick me an email. So hello at startupcreative.com.au is probably the easiest. Um, yeah, awesome. come say hi. And if you head to the website, we sell our print magazine. So if you're a creative who loves to touch and hold beautiful design and get business advice, then um, pop in an order and we'll send it out. Ooh, I'm going to go and buy it. So I'm going to put all your details into the show notes of this episode as well. So, um, and, and then also like people that you reference. So if you're interested and you want to jump over um, and check out all the K stuff, like, yeah, get over there and everything will be linked and it'll be nice and easy for you. So thank you so much for being on the show. Like it's been so good and you've given me so much work to do. I'm going to get into some meditation and change my habits and, um, and do some of the work that you implemented for me. My pleasure. Good luck. Wow, I absolutely loved having Kay on the show today, interviewing her and having some takeaways straight away that I can implement in my personal life and in my business. And I'll put all her information on the show notes today, her Instagram, her website, her podcast. So if you want to find those things, head over to jialong.co forward slash 22. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in and listening. If you love this episode and you know it's going to help someone you know, please share it. The single biggest thing you can do for me right now to help this podcast grow is sharing it with the people that you love around you and the people that you want to see succeed. You've been listening to Jai Long and I'll see you guys next time. Make Your Break is brought to you and hosted by Jai Long in our Melbourne studios and produced by our American friends, Simpler Media Productions. For more information on this podcast, our workshops, or anything your heart desires, please visit jialong.co.